Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I am John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. Good to be back with you, Ryan. Good to be here this morning. It's a crisp fall day here in Mississippi, (laughs) which means it's, uh, what, 95 degrees outside? I was going to say 85. That's right. It's definitely Uh, not fall. So the fall is coming, though, right? That's that's what they say. Seasons come and go. That's right. That's right. If if you're at a place where you have seasons. Yeah. um, We really don't get to experience that much. That's right. It's hot. It's hotter. And it gets hotter. Well, the humidity changes, though. That's it. Uh, Well, John, uh, it's good to be back in the studio recording uh, for the Imperfect Church podcast. (laughs) This fancy Uh, studio. This fancy studio that we have. Um, Uh, Fun story, uh, when I was in high school, I um, uh, made a studio in the bathroom for a rap album. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is good because I don't think people know this about you, yeah. Ryan. So uh, yeah, made a rap album in high school, uh, sold it for five bucks a pop. There you go, and you uh, go. made some money. So <laughs> made millions, made millions. Yeah, That's went right. platinum <laughs> um, or something like that. Uh, at least you made CDs. That's right. That's in right. my day, it would have been tapes. That's right. Oh man, so. goodness, uh, been, I should have made tapes. That'd have been retro. Uh, um, I was reading a book today. For this okay. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and it gave a resource still. And it was like, you can get this resource on three cassette tapes. Oh, man. And brought back old memories. Well, um, so today's topic <laughs> is uh, rap. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the Notorious uh, B.I.G. That's and, right. Uh, that's right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're not talking about uh, rap music today. We are talking about deacon ministry. <laughs> we have to begin, though, Ryan, with uh, the theology of deacons as we try to start our that's right. Together. We want to build that foundation, uh, build it with the theology. So yeah. uh, we understand that for uh, for different churches, we have different officers, right? Different church yeah. traditions. Uh, the tradition that John and I come out of as this uh, autonomous uh, Baptistic uh, church polity, we have two, typically, uh, two church officers, and those right. are the uh, the offices of the pastor and the deacon. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about pastor a lot, all right? Um we, we think that the majority of our listeners are uh, in some role of pastoral ministry, vocational sure, ministry. Sure. Um, but today we want to talk about the other side of it, deacon ministry. Yeah. So yeah. this is a good topic. It is. And you know, this, this is interesting to start there because uh, that is two distinct offices. Right. Now, we, we would use the word elder, pastor. Right. And, and then the deacon. Mm-hmm. However, I think, uh, and we'll talk about this a little more as we go, uh, I think those two offices have been confused. Yeah. So it's really important that we understand the biblical the biblical call of the deacon right. as opposed to the biblical call of the elder. Right. There is a distinction there. Now, uh, you're right, John. Many of our churches have blurred those lines, yeah. uh, and many of our churches, our deacon board operates as a de facto elder board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, Sometimes that's very problematic. Uh, sometimes it, it works for the church, uh, but we do know that that we have been given a role, a distinct role of the deacon. Yeah, yeah. And, and we need to understand that role. Yeah, and that role comes from, of course, uh, we we have qualifications that are given to us in uh, in Paul's letters to Timothy. But the the call itself originates, of course, from Acts chapter six. That's right. Mm-hmm. And in that Acts chapter six call, we have. Uh, you know, the first office that's uh, employed, but also their purpose is given mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. it's important, I think, for us to see their purpose uh, because their purpose, I think, has been kind of misunderstood over the years. Mm-hmm. And it's time for us to revisit the original biblical mandate. Which, yeah. So as you read that Acts chapter 6 passage, 
what what do you what do you see as the the biblical mandate for those men? Yeah, uh, so Acts chapter six, just kind of a refresher. Uh, we see uh, that there's a problem going on between uh, the, uh, the the Gentiles and the Jewish believers, uh, and, and some of the Gentile widows are being mm-hmm. ignored, right? right? So they right. come to the apostles, they say, uh, you know, we're, we're not these uh, Gentile widows are being ignored. They have needs and, and we need you to meet those needs. Yeah. And the apostles say, well, we're doing what God has called us to do, uh, sure. sending forth, proclaiming the gospel. And sure. so it would be wise for us under the influence of the Holy spirit to set aside, uh, men who are qualified mm-hmm. to serve tables, right? Right. right. Uh, to, to be servants, servant, servant leaders almost, right? This yeah, idea, yeah. Um, that they are serving, they're leading in this capacity to serve, yeah. so that uh, the, the least of these in the church are not ignored. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they do. So, so they're servants, as you've said. They seem to help solve a problem, right? Thus, mm-hmm. bringing unity, right, inside mm-hmm. of this uh, New Testament church, and uh, and those six men that are selected right there at the beginning. They begin to set forth an office that obviously to the New Testament church was very important. Right. And as we talk about this distinction between the office of the elder and the office of the deacon, it, it can be uh, a problematic for us to say that one is more important than the other. Right. Because they're certainly not. Mm-hmm. And and we see in Acts chapter 6, particularly, that this was an office that was important for the unity of the church there. But also, Paul thought it was important in, in uh, to write into his letter to Timothy as well and right. say, hey, make sure you've got these guys. Right. <laughs> right? Make, sure they're, make sure they're serving the church. And since you're going to have them... Here are the qualifications that you need to set forth right. and make sure they're they're doing uh, as they should. Yeah, and the very idea that Paul would attach to the office of deacon qualifications yeah. shows that there's a little bit more to it than just yeah. um, the average church member, right? That's right, that's right. Um, uh, certainly, all these qualifications, whether we look at the qualifications of deacons or elders, mm-hmm. these are qualifications that every believer ought to have. It should, we should be pursuing Right, we it. should be pursuing them. Yeah. But there is some some uh some elevation here that happens with with the deacon yeah the office yeah, of the yeah. deacon they are set apart to lead by serving yeah and and you know you see this uh this practice here in acts chapter six of them separating these men laying their hands right. on them and ordaining them in a sense and so there's there's this separation right and indicating that that it's an important task that right. they've been given mm-hmm. so I don't think we ought to minimize the task of the deacon if anything else we ought to elevate uh, the responsibility and elevate the qualification as well and the call. Right, so. I think so. Uh, so th- this is kind of a, our our theology of of deacons. Uh, you know, you talk to anybody today, you're going to hear about that hard headed deacon, or maybe you're going to hear a good deacon joke, and I'm sure they're out there, right? Um, but when we read the scriptures of the office of the deacon, it is a noble office that our churches need. Yeah, sure. And so I think we should be careful about how we pursue these, how how we uh, um, how we uh, frame them in our discussions. Uh, we don't want to minimize them by making them the butt of the joke. That's exactly right. right? Yeah. Uh, and we should hold our deacons to this qualification standard that Paul sets forth. Yeah, no doubt. And so I think that leads us into our dead man talking for today. John, you want to read our dead man talking for us? I will. So this comes from a book by uh, Howard B. Foshi. Is that how you say his name? Uh, man, that sounds good to me. <laughs> I have no idea. Foshi. Foshi? Foshi. It's uh, now that now that you're a deacon seems to be 
uh, a book that uh, is is not new on the shelf. See, the copyright date's 1975. Woo! Yeah, All right, yeah. good stuff. Uh, he tells uh, this story of Deacon Otis Bardwell, who shared uh, a comment in a deacon ordination sermon to his church, and this is what he shares. A person is not made a deacon just for the honor, although it is an honor beyond most of the things that can come to a man's life. The deacon is set apart to serve. He is committed to serve God and his fellow man. As a new deacon, you must understand that you have not been elected to an official board to exercise authority in the life of the church. The office of deacon is not an office of authority, but one of service. A man who agrees to serve as a deacon in the New Testament church agrees to be an example to the limit of God's endowment. In all the life of the church, he is to be an example in spirit, love, devotion, and loyalty. Mm, I think that's good. I, I, th- I think that sets forth this higher standard for what it means to be a deacon. That's right. Uh, than what is often found in, in our local churches. Yeah. And that's yeah. not to say that there aren't uh, good, faithful deacons yeah. that... Uh, that you don't know their name, right? Yeah, They're faithfully right, serving right. their church. They're faithfully um, loving the Lord, being an example. Sure, uh, sure. But this caricature that we often hear about uh, is not that picture. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think I think if you go to a lot of churches, uh, particularly unhealthy churches, mm-hmm. uh, they are they are allowing deacons to serve outside of their calling. Mm-hmm. And um, and two, uh, you know, I, I think that that we need to allow the offices as God has ordained them to be practiced. Mm-hmm. Pastors need to be allowed to practice the office of an elder. Right. Deacons need to be allowed and they need to practice the office of a deacon. Mm-hmm. It is a high honor. It is a high honor, but it is also a call to serve. And somehow we've gotten that these things are exclusive of one another. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is totally not the picture that Jesus has painted right. for us. Right, that's right. A deacon is is following in the footsteps of Jesus in being a servant first and foremost, mm-hmm. and then having the opportunity to lead as a result of that. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, so we've mentioned several times that the office of a deacon is one that comes with various biblical qualifications. Yeah. And so we want to talk just briefly, uh, what are the biblical qualifications of a deacon, John? Well, I mean, we could go and read the passage in 2 Timothy, uh-huh. and uh, we're not going to do that. I, I would okay. say, uh, okay, unless, okay, fine. unless you no, want to, it's fine. I mean, we can Whatever. read the Bible, but goodness I, I guess gracious, you brought your so Bible alive. for nothing. <laughs> I did bring my Bible, by the way, and Ryan did not. If you just go to the Acts chapter 6 passage, though, in itself, what does it say? Before they chose those men, it says they were full of the Spirit. Uh-huh. So let's start there, yeah. right? It needs to be a man that is full of the Spirit. Right. It needs to be a believer, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so we find these men that are professing and practicing believers. They're living their life out for the sake of Jesus and, mm-hmm. and for his call already. Yeah. Right, and and uh, and also we see inside of that passage as well that they're they're tested to a degree. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't baptize someone on Sunday right. and ordain them on Sunday night. Yeah. This this is not the way right. this that's practice. Not, works. That's not healthy, at least. Right. It's it's not. It's not biblical. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not the mandate we've been given. Right. So they need to be a believer. They need to be tested. And, of course, the qualifications that were given inside of Second Timothy, we need to be certain that those right. men meet those. Yeah. The reason I say not go to Second Timothy is because 
you know, I know there are varying various understandings of the application of that passage. Right, right. Uh, and, and I would also, you know, just as a as a brief overview of that passage, we understand that that uh, you know this this passage in Timothy is not a checklist, right? Right. That you can say, okay, at this time, this person um, is is not uh, addicted to much wine, so that's right. good. Now they right. may have been last week, but right now they're not, so we're good, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, these are these yeah. are spiritual qualities that these men have. And yeah. they have been observed for a period of time to show that this is their character, yeah. not just that they pass the test the at test. this moment. That's right. And, and, and I, I say that because th- there are things inside of those qualifications that if, you put, if you're putting them in a checkmark situation, some are easier to discern than others. Right. Mm-hmm. And as you try to discern some of them, you're not going to want to, to – to say that this man fails at uh, at one quality over another, right? There are some of them that are easier to measure, and 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 just because it's easy to measure does not mean it ought to be the only measure, right? So I, I would say that you need to look at that passage, you need to study it, you need to understand what you mean, what you believe that it means, right? And as the pastor and elder of your congregation, you need to so lead your church that direction. Yeah, I think so, I, and I think it needs to be a. a a teaching, a spiritual, a, a humble moment. Yeah. Every pastor needs to understand that passage, and he leads. To, he needs to lead his church to select men that meet those qualifications. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that important, John? It, it is interesting. I, I tell I tell our church all the time that if you if you go to fifteen different Baptist churches, you're going to find fifteen different selection processes. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't know any two churches that do it the same. But I think we do have to highlight here that the men that were selected. Were of, were of good reputation, right? Right. They were spirit filled men, mm-hmm. and uh, and and we ought not select people just because of availability. You know, we talked about this right. last week on the Sunday school teacher thing. You know, just because somebody is available does not mean they're going to be a good Sunday school teacher, right? And just because a man is available doesn't mean that he's going to be a deacon. He qualifies, or that he's going to be a good right. deacon. Yeah. So if you're 21 and you're a male. That does not qualify you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. is not. You got to have a little bit more than that. Yeah, right? that is not the biblical mm-hmm. mandate. Yeah. Well, he's been a member of this church for a year. Still, right. That does not meet the biblical right. qualifications. Right. And uh, so, and I, what we talked about biblical qualifications, uh, but you, you talked about how each church does a different uh, yeah, yeah. A deacon election different. Part of that is because of bylaws. It is. Um, it so, is. what does your bylaw say about uh, about how many deacons you should have? How many times you do deacon elections? All that good stuff. Yeah. Well, some churches that I've been at had a varied number depending on membership. Yep, that's how ours is. Yeah, our mm-hmm. church is a set number, so we have 12. Regardless of membership, up or down, we have 12, we have 12 active deacons okay. at a time. Um, and and I, I think that's good because... Um, that's the number... That's the number that's of, the number of disciples, disciples, right? Yeah, you know, that's the be, number of tribes of Israel. Seems to be a right. good number. Good, good number. Yeah, so uh, we have 12, and, uh, and they're elected... Our deacons serve for three years at a time. Okay. They have to rotate off for two years at a time, okay. which I will say is a very good practice mm-hmm. because it that two-year layover requires you to investigate men mm-hmm. that you might not otherwise right. if it's a one-year rotation. That's right. So it was done before I got at First Baptist, but I would say that's a that's a very good practice because mm-hmm. it, it has created our deacon ministry an opportunity to have younger men who were qualified, right. not just because they were younger, that's right. yeah. but because they're qualified. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have 12, uh, three-year rotation, two years off, and um, and our selection process is a little bit different probably than, than the normal Southern Baptist congregation. Uh, we don't do the list. Are you yeah. familiar with the list? I'm familiar with the list. The list. Mm-hmm. The list of 
all men over 21 years old that has been a member of your church for whatever one right. year, two years, whatever your requirement is. And so some of these men are on this list able to be able to be nominated for deacon and they've never even been in the door of the sanctuary right. as yeah. an adult. Yeah. That's wild to me. That's crazy. So, uh you have to uh you have to Get a nomination form. You have to approach Ryan and say, Ryan, I want to nominate you as a deacon. Uh, will you be a deacon? There's some qualifications set forward on that little form. Mm-hmm. The man nominating, or the man or woman nominating you signs the form. The man being nominated signs the form. It's turned into the office. That's how we make our ballot. Wow. Yeah. So it's more of a personal right. one-on-one. I know Ryan is spirit-filled. Right. I know that he has a good reputation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying this is a man that needs to serve in our church. Yeah, I think that's good. So, uh, you know, ours, our, our our context is a little bit different, right? Uh, so um, we, we are a smaller church with limited resources. Uh, and so in our bylaws, it just says uh, we have uh, so many deacons for so many households. Okay, uh, yeah, households. So, households, That's right. good, yeah. Uh, so uh, when, I, when I arrived, we had, um, uh, we had five deacons, mm-hmm. um, all godly men. Yeah. Um, I, I can't speak highly enough about uh, my deacon body. They are fantastic. Sure. Uh, I, I'm privileged to serve with them. Um, however, tragically, uh, the youngest one... Um, ended up he passed away last year uh, kind of a freak accident uh and so now we're at the point where we have four deacons and and we know sometime in the future that we will begin this process again uh, selecting a deacon yeah and part of what we've discussed is our youngest deacon is 65 and has heart issues yeah uh so so we need to understand um what the qualifications are, uh-huh. and then to be able to raise up younger men. Yeah, um, yeah. But this is this has led to good conversations because I know younger men in the church that uh, they they understand this is going on, and so the question to them is: Are you preparing yourself to be a deacon? Yeah. Are you preparing yourself for deacon ministry? So, so I'm assuming something here. Your your deacons at your church are are lifetime deacons. They are. They're, they're lifetime they're, active right. deacons. They are. There's yeah. no rotation. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I know yeah. I know that uh, in itself can be dangerous. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've never experienced. I've never been in a church that that was true, um, but I've heard I've heard stories. Right, right. I, it of can how be it's not good. Um, but but I'm just personally, that's what I'm curious. Uh, we have we have four qualified men yeah. uh, that understand what it means to serve as a deacon. Yeah, that's good. That's uh, which good. is great. If, yeah, if, yeah. If we only had three, we're in trouble. Yeah, right. Because sure. they are lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, in our church history, we have had uh, deacons who um, resigned as deacons because uh, because of themselves right yeah, they, they felt yeah. like they weren't fitting the qualifications because sure. of whatever that's situation good. that's good that's not always the case <laughs> sometimes if you're a lifetime deacon yeah. it doesn't matter if you don't feel like you fit the qualifications you're a lifetime yeah. i'm gonna be here forever right and so uh we kind of out of out of because of our context because of our limited um uh, limited number of men yeah right uh we aren't rotating right yeah, now yeah uh, that yeah. may be something in the future that we look to move toward especially as we raise up younger men who right. would be qualified yeah um which but, is something you have to have right you have to have younger men who are qualified before you can begin a rotation that's process right. that's and i right. think i think that's discernment on a on a case-by-case issue look in our church we're growing in younger men so we have we have enough people that we actually could start that there, right because the other way could be dangerous. I mean, right. consider it. If you're saying, well, 
we should not have lifetime appointments. We're, we're going to start rotating every three years. Then all of a sudden you're forcing yourself to select men that are not maybe qualified. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying that lifetime deacons are necessarily a bad thing depending on your context. That's right. I think and, you need and, to be wise and, about that. And well, part of, part of uh, with our church understanding that we do have lifetime deacons, uh, we're a little bit more – cautious about who yeah. we appoint as a deacon yeah yeah and, and, I've and those heard, deacons are probably a little bit more cautious that's about right. agreeing to that's it. it that's it and i've heard people uh talk about a, a younger man in his in his uh 20s to 30s uh who would be qualified and then yeah. saying let's give him a few years sure you yeah. know yeah. He, he's yeah. 20 you know we, let's give right. him a few years right. to mature right. and see if he's ready yeah. and i like that idea yeah obviously I, I think that we can use some of these younger men in this capacity and so we yeah. I, i've even thrown around the idea of of starting a a deacon training program where we bring in these young men we give them deacon responsibilities yeah um and then we, we raise them up you know yeah maybe that's a good idea for your church maybe that's something right, that right, you can right. do yeah um and when but, they get ordained, you could sing that song, You Raised Me Up. That's right. You raised me up. We uh, we raised you up uh, so that you could sit on the deacon board, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, that's gonna that's interesting because we, we, we have on our notes here to talk about how you do train the next generation mm-hmm. of deacons. Yeah. And uh, and I think I agree with what you're saying. And I wonder, again, if we could tie this to, ne- to last week. Last week we talked about uh, Sunday school leaders and how we have trainer, we have teachers in training right. in Sunday mm-hmm. school. But also, how do you train up those deacons who are going to be raised up, as right. you said, uh-huh. as well to be deacons uh, to be deacons one time in the future? And so, I I wonder if maybe there's not a process, an intentional process that we mm-hmm. couldn't lead young men on that begins with a one-on-one discipleship, right. maybe with mm-hmm. you, then letting them become uh, or, or asking them, leading them to become uh, a Sunday school teacher or right. a discipleship teacher, yeah. uh-huh. and uh, then taking another man to disciple so that you can then so prove himself, right, right? Mm-hmm. to be uh, to be a man filled with the Spirit and of good reputation right. so that you can, when the day is appropriate, and uh, for him to become a deacon. Yeah, and I, and I think part of it begins with expectation. Uh, you know, I mentioned I mentioned you know last uh, week when we talked about Sunday school and raising up Sunday school teachers, talking to new church members, new believers, and saying my goal for you in five years is that you're able right. to teach a Sunday school class competently. Right. Yeah, I think the idea for young men is, hey, we don't want to throw you into this. Yeah, yeah, but you need to understand the expectation that we mm-hmm. want you to live in such a way that you do have a good reputation, right, that you right. are spirit filled, that you do qualify to be a deacon. Yeah, um, yeah. Or even laying that idea of, uh, we want you to walk with the Lord in such a way that, that maybe he calls you into ministry sure, or, sure, or however yeah. that looks. Yeah. And I, that begins with that expectation, starting, starting with, with your younger men, mm-hmm, uh, even, mm-hmm. I would say even starting with your teenagers. Yeah, that would be good. Um, and yeah. saying, you know, you, your father's a deacon, or your grandfather was a deacon. Yeah, uh, you don't earn that naturally. Yeah, just you know, that's not that's not her- hereditary, right? right. <laughs> I don't care yeah. if you've got generations of deacons three right. years back. Yeah, uh, you need to follow the Lord now. Yeah, begin preparing yourself uh, to take that mantle. So prove yourself. So prove yourself. Right. Yeah, and I, I, expectation is a great word. And uh, we're talking about training the next next generation of deacons. Intentionality is another good word, yeah. I think. And and, and those two kind of go together. We have the expectation. That uh, that we're going to be asking this of you, and here is intentionally how we're going to help you help you go to this next step. And again, yeah. imperfect pastor, That's right? right. Yeah. I don't do this, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but but it is something that that I think we need to be considering. As you said something earlier that I don't even know if you caught it, but you said, "Oh, I caught it." <laughs> you said uh, 
the number of men, the number of qualified men are dwindling or mm. something like that. Yeah. You said that, maybe not necessarily in your church, yeah, but you said that. Yeah, you, you said that. And, uh, and I think that that's why we need to be more intentional. That's right. Because if we're going to raise up qualified men, as the number of eligible men may be, may be dwindling, right. then we need to be more intentional in that. That's right. Uh, and, and because what happens is we begin to force things that are not biblical and theological right. because we run out of eligible men. That's right. Which is a whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. We We're get, not in, we get into a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> Go for but it. part of it is you, you right now may serve with incredible deacons, but uh, one of the things that I've learned just this past year is that uh, God has not promised that those deacons will always be there. Yeah, God has yeah. not promised that I will always be there. Yeah. And so we always have to be mindful of how we are leaving the church. How mm. are we raising up uh, mm-hmm. Sunday school teachers and deacons yeah. and, and students? How are we raising up these people to be uh, godly men and women right. who right. will then continue the mission of the church? Yeah, man, that's powerful. That's uh, that's good. And, and as pastors, we know that the day is coming maybe when we won't still be at the church that we're at. Right. We're going to turn around one day and look backwards and say, did did we leave that church well enough to stand on its own? Right. right? And uh, and I think same picture mm-hmm. 20 years down the road yeah. as a whole. We're going to look at the church and say, did we did we prepare the church for today? Yeah. Did we leave it healthy? And, you know, we, we talk about how to train up the next deacons. I, I think your deacon training— um, Training is, is is sometimes a negative word, but I think that continues with your current deacons. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we can we can sit on the sideline and talk about how awful our deacons are, and <laughs> yeah. oh, how they give us headaches, and how they just a bunch of dummies or whatever else. <laughs> yeah. Or we can love our deacons and yeah. hang out with them. Yeah, right? that's right. That's uh, right. Meet up with them, talk with them. Yeah, uh, talk about uh, things that they're interested in. Yeah, um, get to know them, love them. And then help help them as a discipleship process. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've I've been blessed with is that I have several uh, deacons in my church that I love and that I spend time with, and that I view as discipleship, not just me discipling them, but them discipling me. Yeah. Uh, some of these men have been Christians longer than I've been a, been alive, yeah. and it would be foolish of me to say, "Well, I'm the pastor; I got to teach you." Sure. You know, and I think there also there's a mutual teaching going on, but we need to be humble enough to hang out with our our men, um, love them, disciple them. Yeah, and I and I think inside of that training and expectation of the next generation of deacons, training and expectation also has to be given to our current deacons within relationship that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and so when when you talk about what are we training and uh, what are we expecting of our next generation deacons? We need to be asking the same question of our current deacons. Mm-hmm. What, what are your expectations of your current deacons? Yeah. What, what, what are you training them in? And I think it leads to a, what is my role, pastor, mm-hmm. and what, do you, what does the church expect from me? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, know, I know, again, this is one of those areas where every church, every church is different. Right. Uh, but I do think there's a biblical role. Yeah. I think there's a biblical role of unity. Mm-hmm. So deacon, you ought to be unifying, not right. dividing. That's right. I think there's a biblical role of serving tables. Right. So deacons, you ought to be servants mm-hmm. to this congregation. Yeah. Uh, I do not think there's a biblical role of authority. Yeah. And I know in some churches, deacons serve as elders. They're serving as both of those roles. Right. You know, we can debate about that if you want to, but I, but I don't see that that's a role of a deacon. Right. Uh, so, so I think we need to clarify for our deacons what their role is. Right. And, uh, and, and, and we do that through the word 
and through those relationships. Mm-hmm. It I may take good. you it may take you ten or fifteen years to make that transition. Right. Uh, but it's because you've loved on them, they trust you. Then they, that's then, it. then you see, that's then you show them the biblical precedent, building go, trust. That's ah, it. Ah, yeah. Then this, this is the role we're supposed mm-hmm. to be playing. Yeah. So. Uh, just two quick things to add to this before we start wrapping up. Uh, you know, when we talk about training the next deacons, uh, sometimes something that's good that that I, I haven't done, but I, I think I need to start doing is taking some of your younger men that may one day. Uh, be qualified as a deacon and say, yeah. "Hey, I'm about to go make a hospital visit. You want yeah, to go with me?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's yeah. good because then when the time comes that they are to be nominated as a deacon, they've said, "Well, hey, I've done this before. Yeah, this isn't hard. I can right. do that." Yeah. Uh, yeah, that. And then I would say, um, shout out once again to uh, to my brother-in-law in North Mississippi, Jason Webb. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that he he mentioned that he changed in his deacon meetings that he said was one of the best things that he's done is he's he shifted his deacon meetings to talking about every little issue in the church to primarily prayer yeah. and then talking about big issues. Right, right. And he's, so, you know, he's, he's, he's gone from, you know, a three-hour-long deacon meeting on a <laughs> Wednesday night talking about yeah. petty issues that yeah. just no one has to deal with yeah. to spending time praying with his men. And yeah, one of the things good. that he said is there's no other body in the church that that's specifically designed to to spiritually pray for yeah. for the church. Yeah. And so yeah. here we are, deacons. This is one way we serve the church is we pray for the church. That's good. And that's one of those transitions that moves from authority to table service, right, mm-hmm. and and that that's good. That's yeah. good. And I would say uh, maybe even from entitlement to yeah. uh, to humility. Yeah, and that yeah. to me that's wise. And 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 look, deacons need to hear that. Pastors need to that's hear right. that too. That's right. Pa- pastors need to hear that that message as well. You, I think you're, so. you're not entitled. You're a servant. That's right. You're a servant to the bride of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you said you mentioned something real quick. I know we got to wind up. We're kind of running out of time. But uh, my deacons, we meet at 8.30 on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Not every Sunday morning, but one Sunday morning a, a month. Yeah. And uh, at 8.30 on Sunday morning, when I initially went into it, I thought, man, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. But when I got to this church, I realized that that deacon's meeting is devotion, prayer, and talking about unifying big things. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so I leave deacon's meeting encouraged every right. Sunday morning. Yeah. My thought was... I've got to go to Deacon's meeting, and then I'm going to be ill right. all <laughs> Sunday, right? And uh, and that that's so not true. And so um, anyway, Tuesday, I've had a church that we met on Tuesday nights. I've had a church that we met on Sunday afternoons. Yeah. Uh, but for my for my current context, man, Sunday mornings are encouraging. Right. So right. uh, it just, again, it talks, I guess, about the diversity of deacon ministry right. uh, inside of the church. Yeah, and when it comes to deacon ministry, each one of us needs to think deeply on this subject. Yeah. And then each one of <laughs> us needs to pray uh, strategically, uh, pray um, uh, strongly for our men. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the one of the ways that I, I'm continually reminded of this is during our Lord's Supper. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. our Lord's Supper, the way that it's structured, our deacons serve the church. They come back. I take a plate Man. from them, and then I serve each deacon. Yeah, that's a beautiful uh, picture. It, what a picture. <clears throat> and, and each time I serve them, I'm continually reminded, thank you, Lord, that yeah, I'm allowed yeah, to serve these yeah, men. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and so that, that needs to be our, our mindset, not just every fifth, you know, uh, every fifth Sunday, yeah. whatever. Um, but that needs to be our mindset uh, yeah. every day as we approach uh, the Word of God and praying yeah. for our men and praying for our church. No doubt. And, man, we, de- we didn't even talk about deacon family ministry or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot to go, a lot to go yeah, with deacons. Maybe, maybe we'll revisit this after hey, a while. One, one resource, I think, before we get to the final things, <laughs> Finding Faithful Elders and Deacons yeah. uh, by Tabidi. Yeah, Tabidi Anabwili. 
Is that it? Yeah, I don't know. I think I, that's I, the I best call, I got. I call him Tabidi. Yeah. So uh, that is a fantastic book. It's a nine marks book. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great book, and mm. uh, you know, it's it's it separates clearly elders and deacons from one another. Yeah. And uh, it's really good. That's so, good. Anyway, that's that's a good resource. That's good. All right. Well, if you have any questions concerning uh, deacons, concerning things that we've talked about on the podcast today, please uh, write those in to us, uh, text us, tweet us, all that good stuff. We want to hear from you, listener. Uh, and so before we wrap up, John, we like to talk about what we're reading, what we're preaching, what we're studying. Are you reading anything new? Yeah. So I, last week, I think, uh, on my doorstep was uh, Richard Baxter's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the name of it? The Reform Pastor. The Reform Pastor. Yes. Uh, man, it's good. It's good. It is good. And, uh, and also, I read uh, this past week uh, Francis Chan's Letters to the Church. Okay. Have we talked about that? No, you haven't. Mm-mm. Uh that's interesting. Yeah, good book. It's good. good I mean, book. I would I would recommend reading it. It's, it's Francis. I love the way Francis Chan writes. Right. Uh, he's a he's a real easy to read. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's good. A lot of stuff to chew on, huh? Yeah, and I'm I'm nine pages into uh, whatever this book is. You asked me to read. Surprised by joy. Surprised by joy by C.S. Lewis. So let's talk about this real quick. So we've <laughs> had some people talk to us about our learning community. Uh, <laughs> several other members of our learning community were kind of upset that we changed the name. From uh, our two learning community from Oprah's book club, uh, so uh, we decided we'd let you guys in on a little picture of what it looks like in our learning community. Yeah. So we've convinced the other two guys um, to uh, join us on mic to talk about this next book, and the next book is C.S. Lewis's "Surprised by Joy." And so, um, pick up a copy, join us. Yeah, That'll man, be that coming be, out in that a, a month or good. two. It'll be coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. That would be good if they read it and uh, and could uh, could follow along. That's with right. Us. Even send us some discussion. questions. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we want we want to ask you to join us with that. Um, John, I'm reading a, a good book. I don't believe it. I, I am. I'm reading <laughs> "A Tale of Two Cities" by oh, yeah, Charles Dickens. Yeah, I read that when I was like a. Yeah, school. I didn't. So I finally got it, and I'm reading it, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm only a few chapters in. I don't have a clue what's going on. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And then I just finished a really good book by uh, Al Mohler. Um, yeah. He is not silent. I saw that. Uh, it's a good, really good preaching book. I think um, you know Mohler is just a um, a very uh, good thinker mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. is very good at communicating those uh, thoughts yeah. uh, to yeah. the layman. So yeah, he is. That's good. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us here on the Imperfect Church podcast. Uh, We want to invite you to like, rate, and review our podcast. Let us know if you have any questions, uh, concerns, comments. Send those in so that we can um, get back with you. And uh, we'll see you next time. But until then, keep loving Imperfect Church. And remember, one day she will be perfected in